Blog Talk Radio. The Phoenix is rising. The Phoenix is rising. Say what? The Phoenix is rising. The Phoenix is rising. The Phoenix is rising. It's rising, rising, rising. The Phoenix is rising, 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 rising. The Phoenix. Compassion Reflections, where we reflect current events back to you. Despite being beat down, censored, silenced and betrayed, the voice of freedom still speaks out. Join us as we bring the truth to you on Warrior of Compassion Reflections, where we reflect on the current events of the day not only from the progressive viewpoint, but the humanitarian viewpoint. Visit our website, www.nextstepcoaching.mysite.com, and consider becoming a patron to support our mission to create a world of justice, equity, and compassion. In our society, being human religiously, and being loving and kind is often called being socialist, or communist. Just like a country, when it begins to treat all of its citizens with love, compassion and justice, On Warrior of Compassion Reflections, we reflect on this dilemma, and the twisting of words and phrases that thwart democracy, so we can break free from the mental manipulation. Now, your host, Dr. Om Prakash Gilmore. Hello folks, good to be with you again. We were on a little bit of a break last week, and we shut down everything to relax. I hope you took advantage of the opportunity to look at some of our other shows that are located in the archives here. Very good to be back. A lot has changed and a lot has not changed. What has changed mostly is the feeling of relaxation that I gathered sitting at the beach last week, sitting and looking at the sky and hearing the waves and feeling the breezes. And as I was there in that small community of people there, I was thinking of how it should be in the rest of the world, especially in the United States, where we find ourselves working more and more every day with less and less, and where we find that we have no time for community, or we find that we have been conditioned so much we don't want communities. We don't want friends in our neighborhoods or next door because we're projecting the idea that in the future it might become bothersome if they need some help, not realizing that it is in helping our friends and helping our neighbors that we receive help ourselves when we fall 
But we are taught that we are never going to fall. We're taught that we are strong individuals. And if we can make it in the society, if we can make enough to live off of and have just a little extra, we are better than those poor slobs who are being tossed out of their homes, who are homeless, who have medical issues they can't pay for. We're constantly told that we are better, and we're told that that will never happen to us until we finally internalize it. We get angry if somebody warns us about the problem because we know deep down inside we're afraid that it could happen to us. But we bury that, and the more angry we get when people talk about things like that, is a measure of how much we have pushed it down and buried it buried our fears instead of working with them and getting rid of the fears by creating a society that can support and uphold and uplift every human being, no matter what their religion, gender, ethnicity, race, religion, all people should have the opportunity to partake of life, liberty, and to pursue their happiness. But that's not the case in this country anyway. And the main reason it's not the case anymore is because we've been divided. The power to connect has been shut down. We've been cut up into little slices, into little pieces of a society instead of a whole society. And we all have labels, thousands of labels. From the time we are born till we die, we have labels. They don't describe us. They describe a caricature invented by some person on top of the heap who needed to be able to control those underneath like chess pieces. If you have a chess board and you don't know the difference between a pawn and a queen or a king or a wolf or you can't talk about them, it's hard to play the game. It's hard to use those pieces so everything on this earth has to be labeled, documented. And we go along with those labels. We document those labels. We fight according to those labels. Communism versus capitalism. Street people versus gay people. Men versus women. You name it. We have all of these opposites all in opposing camps that are constantly fighting each other and are not dealing with the real issue at all. And that real issue is being vulnerable, living in an abundant world that has been made scarce and where scarcity is maintained by an ideology that has become more of a religion 
and an economic system. And that religion, which used to just be an economic system, is called capitalism. Capitalism depends on us fighting against each other. It depends on the destruction of democracy where the majority rule. It depends on the power of a small elite group who play a game, like a game of Monopoly, fighting against each other to see who can grab all that they can while the majority of people suffer from not having enough. And it's gotten to the point where they don't even realize what they they become so bitter by having to force down their humanity from teaching that make their dreams come true if they don't feel it anymore. They just feel angry and resentful to be in the places where they are now. And same is true of all of us. Many of us feel angry and resentful about being where we are. We don't want to be there anymore. We don't want the society gifts because they're never gifts. They're trinkets given for our life energy. Because when we're at that work site, that job, wherever we're at doing what we're supposed to do, we look at that clock, we are between seconds of our lives ticking away one after the next that we'll never retreat. How can we change this? By creating humanity in our workplaces. By creating cooperatives or at least having an owner or a boss who is a decent, loving, kind person who is willing to go against the side a workplace that models the way the world should be instead of limiting us and locking us into the capitalist religion that says that the only thing that is important is making profit. Such people may die, people may go hungry, people may go on the street. It's up to other people to take care of that. But our main goal is to make profit no matter what we have to do. Do that. So if you are a doctor, you are a lawyer, you are a minister, you are a surgeon, If you are anyone who wants to work to make a world a better place, if you run a nonprofit, if you do whatever you do, if you sacrifice a lot of your life in order to give something back to society, that is all shaped and tainted through the profit motive because no matter what you do, you are forced to compete with others to make enough money to just survive, if nothing else. And so that is why I say that capitalism is the real religion in our society. It doesn't work. 
there's poverty, there's pain, there's suffering. It never has worked, but we keep hearing the same mantra that when everybody is in the capitalist boat, there will be no suffering and no starving. It is somewhat like saying when everybody falls down and worships God, that Jesus will come back. Or the Jewish belief that when everybody keeps the Sabbath, the Messiah will come. Well, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Possible goal. And nobody knows if that goal will ever be reached. We will never all be capitalists making billions and billions of dollars because the system is set up like a ladder. There's only room at the top for a few people. The problem with the ladder, though, is that now we aren't even allowed to climb that ladder. Now more than 50% of the people are forced down to the bottom and expected to stay there until they die. They're economic slaves, and many are actually physical slaves trapped in the prison-for-profit industry where one is legally turned into a slave just for being convicted of a crime. All of this comes from the religion of capitalism. Please answer the following questions. 1. Do you want or need more money than you have right now? 2. Do you know two or more people in your network who want or need more money than they have right now? 3. Do you have $75 or more to get started with your own crowdfunding system right now? If you've answered yes to all three hit the link in the description section, watch the short video, and become part of our cooperative crowdfunding system. And so following goes behind the religious belief of capitalism comes scientism. Not science, no. Science is different than scientism. But the thing is that scientism in the United States has replaced most of the science. Scientism is, is religious belief in science. People deny that there's a God. They deny that there's anything that is non-material that we can't see it here. But many of the things that they discover in this scientism is unbelievable, non-measurable, something that you can't see or hear. Real science was designed to measure that which was measurable. It was designed to be able to create a methodology for working in the world 
to understand and create this. Not a psychology, not a philosophy, not a way of understanding that which is esoteric and cannot be measured or seen or understand. As soon as we cross from science into that, we have stepped into a new religion. And even now, as we look at the things that are going on, we will find that many scientists are basically going to religious texts, finding the ideas, finding the thoughts and the basis of those religious texts. And then many of them, especially the physicists, are working them out mathematically or measuring something that is confirming these old religious texts. And then we are hearing the science as discoverable. When we hear that science has discovered this, we accept it. We don't accept it when we hear it from those religious texts. Why is that? Because the scientists have become the new priests of capitalism. They tell us what we can understand. They tell us what is real, what is it. And until they tell us what is real, we ignore it. We diminish it. We're afraid of speaking about whatever it is because we'll be cajoled. We'll be put down. We may even lose our work. We put out on the streets too much if we talk about things that do not fit within scientific communities' acceptable version of reality. And so we find ourselves following the scientists the same way that people used to follow the priest in the medieval periods. You would go check with the father or the bishop to make sure that your doctrine was right or you would probably get put to death through the Inquisition. It's the same now, except the scientist has replaced the priest. We haven't changed. We haven't evolved. We just changed the face of the same old oppression that has been happening over and over again. Now, we may say, well, we have changed the fact that those people were put to death during the Inquisition if they didn't say the right thing. But we ignore the fact that there are people actually in this world and in other cultures, even in this country, who are actually being put to death because they don't believe what the scientists say. They don't see the world the way we say it is. Any nation that is not capital and wants to do a different form of economic, economic systems and things like that, other forms are put down, blockaded, forced into poverty, death occurs from that, or they're actually bombed. People go to war in order to force them into our religion of capitalism. Why does this happen? Because they won't accept the scientist version of the world said that the Western way is the best way. They don't have our economic majors who go to the right schools, who get funded by the right people to know it. 
tell them how to run their economy and what is best for a world economy. They don't have the neoliberals telling them that if you give all the rich people the money, it'll trickle down so everyone can get healthy. They don't buy in to those science. So they are still being killed, destroyed, and tortured the same way that people were doing in the position, except we don't have to be there to see it. Ask any of your friends or family members who were in the Iraq war who, or who are in many other wars we are fighting about what happens when they're there, what they see, what they experience, and you will find that the Inquisition was probably no worse than what we're doing right now in the name of the religion, capitalism, in the name of being right. Our scientific priests now go out using clipboards and iPads and computers they're doing exactly the same thing that the missionaries of old did a long time ago. If there was a group of people who were not amenable to what the culture said, first they would send in the missionaries. The missionaries would go in with the true understanding of the world, the true religion. They'd subvert those other people. They'd get them fighting against each other. They'd divide them then when it was safe. And there was a group big enough to agree with the missionaries and fight against their own people, the settlers, the soldiers, the colonials would come and take over. Now we send in the scientists first. We send them in not only to destroy the religions and traditions of the people, but to prepare them in order to enter our economic system. We have even combined the ideas of capitalism in most countries with Christianity so that people think of Jesus as a capitalist when any person who reads the Bible sees that the economic system they have is about love, about equality. It was about the idea that John the Baptist put forward when they asked what they needed to do to save, and he said, let whoever has two coats give one to a person who has none. All of those things you see were carried in the religion before they were taken over and stripped of humanity and used as a weapon. Well, science has been used as a weapon now, too. Just as capitalism has been stripped of all the good, all of the meaningful, the idea that every person should be able to throw their hat in the ring, should be able to work and enjoy the fruit of their labor, which was how capitalism began, coming out of a feudal system. That has been stripped away. Now we have CEOs instead of kings and princes instead of dukes and earls. We have the exact same system set up again. Except in this case, each person has to purchase their own land instead of living on it under the power of a certain fiefdom. 
And from what I read, we don't get as much vegetation time as the Serbs did. We don't have as much freedom as they had because they were in charge of their own farms. So we moved to a worse form of serfdom than was before as we disguised it. Our only promise is if you screw over your people bad enough, you can make a good living and perhaps someday become one of the lords. You can attain the kingdom of God if you just shut up. Go along. Do what you're told. And give more allegiance to those at the top than you do to your friends, neighbors, family, and society. Because your progress in society is based on how much you're willing to sell out everyone else to make it. Thank you for being with us. We don't ask that you believe everything we say, but we do ask that you do your research on a valid search engine like dogpile.com. Please visit our website where you can make a donation to our crowdfund. Better yet, join Co-op 5050 where you can begin to raise the funds that will allow you to help yourself and others. There was a story in the Hebrew scripture about something called the Tower Tower of Babylon. It's a very interesting story because it's not originally Hebrew. It's from the nations around that area. In this story, you had these great men and these great people, and they were trying to build this tower. This tower was to go to the heights of the heavens so that they could enter into the heavens. But the gods, it says, not just one god, it says the gods saw the people were doing this and they said, we have to stop this. Why, if they do this, there's no telling what they'll do next. We can't let them realize how much power they have. We can't let them do this. So what they did was they confuse the people by changing their languages, by giving them words and phrases and things like that, creating languages so that everybody couldn't understand each other. And what happened is that the people began to go and divide into their own groups so they couldn't complete the project and they all went their separate ways and became different nations countries and things like that 
That's a very interesting story. Most people read over that story and they don't even really think about what it says. But I think it is saying what we've been saying since the beginning of this show and since we've been on the air. If we are able to unify, if we are able to work together, we are able to build a structure. We are able to build a tower that can reach as high as the heaven. We can create a heaven on earth. We can share the abundance that we have. We can all live wonderful, beautiful lives like the people in other countries, like in Sweden, in Denmark, Germany, and many parts of the world where one does not work like a slave for 40 hours plus just for the necessities. In some countries, the work day has even been shortened to six hours a day because the first hour or two, they said, is just a waste of time because people are halfway asleep, and at the end of the day, they just want to get out. They have discovered that people will hustle and work faster for the short period of time, and they will make as much They'll make as much money and they'll produce as much. So the idea is that these people should be able to spend time with their families and in their community to make a better society for each and every person. They shouldn't have to jump on a plane or they shouldn't have to run away. They shouldn't have to sit on TV and imagine a good life in order to feel satisfied. They should be able to hang out with their family, with their friends, perhaps play sports instead of watching other people play sports and bet on it, have picnics, laugh, sing, dance, learn to play music, learn to do the things that build a community. That's what we should be able to do. And in other countries, the good ones, they are finally making it possible to be able to do that because it's possible to do that everywhere. We have an abundance. And people know that if all of us got together, if we all began to talk, if we all began to unite, we would create a world like that. We would not have 0.01% of the people owning 99% of the goods or the wealth. It's ridiculous and it's stupid even to say that and think of something like that. We would have people sharing what they needed. We would have people enjoying life. And if there were a greedy little group of people who wanted a little bit more, we'd give them a little bit more and let them go onto their island and not care. The problem is, though, that they do not want to let the captives go and stop enslaving us because of some internal problems, internal needs they have to have power over people and to control people. So we find ourselves being held hostage. How could we change this in a democratic society? We could all join together when we could run candidates looking out for the welfare of each and every person. We could run them and they would win over and over again in a democracy to make the world a better place. That tower would reach the heavens. But that won't happen because we are given words that divide. Those are the labels that I'm talking about. Pro-life, pro-choice, black, white, Latinx, Latino, gay, straight, transgender, cis, 
many, many labels I can't even think of, thousands of labels of different groups that are all joined together in these little groups to fight for the rights of themselves. While we ignore the one thing that we need, we need to bring about a world of justice, equity, and compassion, a world where the things like in the Declaration of Independence are realized and where we can live in peace and harmony. If we want to live in different societies, that's fine. We can have a pluralistic society. Every neighborhood need not be the same. Every city need not be the same. Every state need not be the same or every country. As long as we realize that we are all one and that we realize that the way we are comes partially from the choices we have made, the experiences we have had when we were young, so that we can accept ourselves as we are and can also accept others as they are, as long as we don't feel the need to push our egos onto other people, to push ourselves onto other people, to enslave them into our ideology and to force them to be the way we are, to confirm that we are right, we can all live together in peace or at least live side by side with open borders so that we can move to one city or one neighborhood or one state after the other and enjoy the splendor of pluralism, diversity, and unity all together. The language we have been given, the labels, have divided us. We've gone to our own little communities. We can't speak the language of love anymore. It's only when we can speak this language of love and move like many rivers in the same direction that we will be free. And that is done by learning the one thing that we all need in order to do so. And that one thing that we need is freedom. And I don't mean having a lot of different choices at the grocery store or getting the latest fashions or being able to buy the best car I'd be able in one's community to work in pleasure, to not separate work from life, to not put off joy from living. Because where I work, we have to be able to be free to be who we are and what we are at work, at play, any time during our lives. Because the truth is that we are dynamic, creative beings, and we can do that wherever we are, and that 
is what we need. We should be able to create our own farms. We should be able to roam the whole country if we want. We should be able to explore various educational systems. We should be able to learn how to help each other, to heal each other. We should all be able to grow to the best of our ability and fulfill our destiny to be human, to be human religiously, to be in that meeting place, that meeting place where humanity and divinity come together because that is what it means to be a human being in my view and probably in the view of many other people because nothing uniquely comes from only one person. There are sort of three brains in the person. It's not really three brains. It's one, but I'll separate in three seconds. One is the reptilian brain. That is the one for survival. Keeps the heart beating. Gives us strength. Gives us courage. Pass into the emotions that we need in order to stay strong and in order to survive. Second is the mammalian brain. The one that works with groups, the one that offers love, nurturing, cuddling, and caring, peace and compassion with others. Third is the cerebral cortex, the thinking brain, the cognitive brain, the higher thoughts, the abstract thoughts. In our country, it seems, in the United States, we have learned how to just draw on the two brains, the reptilian brain, get past the mammalian brain and go right to the cerebral cortex where we are just learning how to scrap the fight to survive and the cerebral cortex is doing the manipulation that the reptilian brain needs in order to get as much as it wants, not thinking about anyone else. We've done this to the point where the mammalian brain is just about dead or asleep. And this makes us inhuman because the mammalian brain, you see, was a step from reptile to human being. We need to recover warmth. We need to recover passion. We need to recover love. We need to recover all of the ocean. Feel empathy for those who are hurt and are willing to go out and do something about it. We need to bring our brains back to life and be fully human because if we aren't fully human, we just become dangerous creatures. The reptilian brain just fights for survival. It just struggles. It runs. It undermines too much of that brain causes pain and suffering. The cerebral cortex, too much of that makes a person arrogant, self-serving, thinking that they know all things and they are superior to all people and things which cause the same damage as a reptilian when except on a larger scale without the human part the mammalian part, 
we are all doomed. And the only way we can develop that part of ourselves again is by creating a world where we have free time, a pluralistic society, where capitalism is put back in its place, as well as scientism, and where most of the labels are dropped. As we realize that the label, the word about the thing is not the thing. It's just a shallow understanding of it. We need to move from words to experience, to emotion, to love. And when we can do this, we shall be free. And we shall be free indeed. Compassion Reflections. Available 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. every Wednesday. Just let us know if you can hear this on our podcast. Sometimes we have issues with whether things are recorded or not as they're supposed to be. If you cannot, please send a message to Blog Talk Radio and let them know that you are upset about this. Thanks again for being with us. And we hope that you will find time, peace, love, joy, and compassion in your life. Visit us for Just Talking Thursday, 12 a.m., where we can shoot the breeze and you can hear a nice, beautiful story read by Om Prakash Gilmore. The phoenix is rising. The phoenix is rising. Say what? 